Hi, everyone. This is Brian Zimmerman from Becker's Healthcare. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Trevor Strauss, Vice President, HWL. Trevor, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us, Brian. So, so to get started, you know, let's just dive in and, and meet you a little bit more here. Can you share a bit about yourself, your role, and, and, and what you're doing there at HWL? Yeah, sure. Probably best to start with HWL for your listeners who maybe aren't familiar with us. We are a leading technology and advisory services company specific to healthcare. Uh, we focus on the entire labor continuum, so everything from external agency management, insourcing strategies, as well as even onto the perm hiring side. Uh, we were founded with the mission to really focus on changing the paradigm in what workforce healthcare solutions were, meaning that our focus is all about empowering healthcare organizations to take control of what they're doing day to day, really drive to meet their own goals, whether they be financial or patient care, um, and have oversight and accountability throughout the entire life of the program. Uh, we've served over 10,000 uh, facility sites, and we work in every labor category. So we get a really nice overall line of sight into the market, I believe, um, and it's frankly what brought me here. So just quickly about me, I serve as a vice president here. Um, I have been in healthcare staffing, recruitment, and workforce solutions since 2008, uh, have functioned everywhere from, you know, physician and executive recruiting to locums management to every acronym you can think of, MSP, BMS, RPO, et cetera, um, active in a number of different healthcare organizations. I'm a fellow of the American College of Healthcare Executives, um, and my passion is really helping healthcare organizations and their leaders deliver the patient care they need. You know, I, I can't save a life. I don't have that training. I don't have that capability. But the beauty about what I do every day is I get to play a small part in ensuring the patient care needs are met in the communities of my clients. Yeah, no, I appreciate that background so much. And the, the next question I want to ask really gets into that sort of, I think that overall line of sight you said that, that you sort of have in into the industry right now. And of course, uh, uh, focusing here on sort of workforce challenges, we've been talking, writing, reading about workforce challenges in healthcare for for years now, and I imagine years to come, we'll still be trying to to, to figure this stuff out. I I'm curious to get your thoughts in terms of how you've seen sort of health systems decision making processes sort of evolve as this workforce these workforce challenges have have, have also evolved. What has surprised you? What's notable here? Yeah, I think maybe we start here with what surprised me a little bit. Um, again, I've been doing this since 2008. And fundamentally, when you really think about human capital or workforce solutions in healthcare, down at the baseline level, there's really not been a lot of change. Tech has gotten better. There's been new analytics. There's been new predictive modeling and things that have come along to augment it. But it's really just been a thought process. Again, this will be my humble opinion but it's a staffing solution. To me, when you really think about where workforce solutions can go, where it does go in other industries, right? Whether it be commercial or IT, et cetera, it's more about a strategic overall workforce design and not about individual silos and just picking a, let's say, managed service program or a managed staffing program for contingent labor. It's about having a much more holistic view. So from a surprise standpoint, that would be it. We know that there are nuances and challenges within healthcare that other markets may not face, right? But at the end of the day, it's kind of been in one iteration or another, the same delivery as it was back when I started in 08. 
But with that said, what has me personally excited and our team here at HWL excited is that whether it be the pandemic, whether it be the workforce changes and attitudes of our employees these days, right? No matter which generation you are, it has caused a change in the dialogue, right? We've seen surveys that have talked about, you know, one in five healthcare workers have left healthcare since 2020. Well, it's not that they left, it's that they redistributed themselves to something else. Because when you really look at the labor market, we're only down maybe 2% or so. So it's brought more people into the decision-making process, which for us is very, very exciting. We don't want just somebody to make a decision in a vacuum. We love it when we walk into a room or we're setting up meetings and we have a network president, a CFO, a CHRO, a supply chain leader in the room saying, this is what we see. How can you help? So the decision-making process isn't just, okay, I've known Trevor for 10 years. I really like him, so I'm going to go with him. It's that gets you in the door. But what can you really deliver at the end of the day? And how can you match up the services you offer with the needs that we have? Yeah. And Trevor, can we, I just want to stay here just a moment longer, if we could, thinking about sort of that level of collaboration you're you're seeing around the sort of some of the decision-making process. Can you, can you give listeners just an idea of what it's like to be in those rooms and have those conversations and try to leave a line? Sure. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's a bit chaotic is probably <laughs> what I would have to say. Um, you know, I, I heard or an executive say this the other day and it's it's not about the internal arguments. It's about the internal dialogue and how you get to the solution at the end of the day. Too much in healthcare, and, and we've all talked about this. Becker's conferences have talked about it. Silos have existed for too long. And I think that what's exciting is right now, people are starting to break those down, right? Because the CFO has one vantage point. So when we're sitting in that room and I'm talking to you and you're the CFO and we're having a discussion just around you're spending too much on temporary labor, you don't have a good in-source uh, flex pool, you don't have, you're struggling in perm hiring, so you're having to pay higher salaries, your line of sight is that window. But then your CHRO has a different window and says, well, here's what we're facing though. We have kept our positions rigid. We're only focused on a five-day work week. We're not willing to flex to a four day or we're not willing to look at, you know, split shifts or I have one client that has created mommy daddy shifts where they're shorter hour windows. Um, so that's causing us to lose candidates and not be able to hire permanently. Heretofore, we now have to use too much temporary labor. So I think that when you get a system that is ready to take control, to put some skin in the game, to have to do some more work, then you get those people in the room, each one of them shares what they need and they can come up with their common vision. And then companies like HWL and others can figure out the best way to create the solution to support. Does that make sense? Totally. I, I appreciate you walking us through that process and how, how you approach it. Um, just because my mind went to like, that's got to be potentially very rewarding and very challenging at different times, depending on yes. the situation in the room you're in. Um, I want to get here now to more sort of some, 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 I guess, practical advice for, for listeners out there in terms of, you know, there's a lot of different recruitment strategies going on, different ways, uh, solutions, technologies to, to really try to navigate some of these workforce challenges. In, in your opinion, what should systems be prioritizing when developing sort of staffing initiatives, trying to pinpoint staffing solutions, any best practices, tools, or resources you could re recommend to folks? 
Yeah, I really wish I could say that if every health system partnered with HWL, everything would be fixed, right? But we're not right for every health system, nor is every health system right for us. As I mentioned, we need partners that want to take ownership, right? I'm not a staffing company. Um, you know, we have hundreds and hundreds of staffing and recruiting companies that support our programs, but we're a technology advisory company. We are the ones that can bring the knowledge to bear to help drive a vision, but we need clients too that want to be engaged in that process. So there's never going to be a single answer. But when it comes to the different strategies and things that we're seeing, the first thing to prioritize before anything is use your institutional knowledge. I think this is something that I've seen get missed a lot in my career. Um, I had a very interesting dialogue this morning with an executive who they're going through a lot of change management. And what caught my ear while we were having the discussion was in some of their strategic meetings, they have environmental services all the way up to the highest C-suite within those locations. And I'm not talking about the director of environmental services. I'm talking about a frontline housekeeper, talking about how long it takes to do a cleaning, how long it takes to do a stack cleaning, et cetera, and working on best practices as they bring some different um, teams together to get to the next level. So what tends to get missed is that, is get your knowledge share first so that you really know what your current state is. Because you can go out and you can create a great strategic partnership, you can create a joint venture, you can get somebody to handle a, you know, an acronym program, an MSP, a VMS, et cetera, for you. But if you don't use what you have internally, you're going to leave kind of opportunity on the table, if that makes sense. When it comes, though, to the tools or resources, I think that from a tool perspective, let's just take technology because that's obviously a big piece of what we do every day with our vendor management platforms, our insourcing programs and scheduling and management with that and then our data and analytics. I think the key thing to remember is technology doesn't fix all problems, right? Technology is an aid. It's going to be a huge value add, but health systems are already inundated with data. They're already inundated with analytics. They have so many different things right now that aren't being used to their full capacity. So think about the tools as just that. It's a tool in the toolkit, right? You need to train your people to use those tools appropriately, analyze what data and analytics are getting in and go and proactively use them. Um, I think the debate in healthcare is, you know, is generative AI gonna replace things? Will deep learning replace things? My short answer is yes. There are a lot of value adds that generative AI or deep learning can do from everything from clinical through the staffing side of things. But at the end of the day, I think the reason that so many of us love being in healthcare is not only the, the um, value at the end of the day of patient care, but it's the relationships. It's the people component. People are never going away in healthcare. So from a tool perspective, use what's going to be best for you. Make sure it bakes in to your current workflows. But remember, at the end of the day, it's all about the people that you're going to engage with within that decision making. That ties in directly into sort of the examples you've shared, right, of getting all those people in the room, whether mm -hmm. it's environmental services, whether it's different leaders with different perspectives from different departments. Um, and I really appreciate the specific example you shared from one of your partners and sort of dealing with some navigating some of that change management. Um, before we get to a final question, I want to give you some space here to call out any other specific examples or or things um, things you've done with partners or things you've seen your partners do that might be useful for for listeners to hear. 
Yeah, I think there's some things that um, could be very interesting for people to understand because I think today there's a lot of uh, focus that has gone on. If you do X, you will save Y, right? And what I can think of is thinking of two different regional systems right now that we have very large focus programs with. Um, they had too much temporary labor spend when we came in. So the first layer was come in, give them the platform, the reporting, the analytics, and the control over that. The second step of that was build them their own internal agency, help them be able to create a go-to-market strategy to get some of those candidates directly to be able to either complement their internal resource pool, build upon that, add another layer of delivery before going externally, et cetera. Um, and both of those were able to really, frankly, reposition themselves in their markets. They were able to go from being within the pack of all of those agency jobs and really separate themselves so that they're becoming more of that true employer of choice, higher retention, taking people in conversion strategies, et cetera, in order to reduce that reliance on external labor. External labor is not bad. It's part of healthcare delivery. It's something we need. We need those strategic partnerships with agencies for that delivery, but no system can function if that's all they use. So both of them were able to do that. Another example that I can think of is one of our very long-standing partners, and this is in the physician and provider space. They're a national player within their market segment, um, and they just had no line of sight into like locums usage and all of all of the reasons that they were using. So we stepped in, spent some time level setting them, getting all the agencies involved, tracking all of the um, agency usage. And then started to identify areas of opportunity with, you know, this region is struggling. They are using more than everybody else. They're paying significantly more than everybody else. And we help those clients identify, or this client in particular, I should say, identify they just weren't paying enough on the perm side. So they then went to their internal team, focused on better perm recruitment strategies through data we identified. And they were able to make those perm hires and stop using temporary labor, and that saved them up to 40% on their costs uh, within those regions. So it really goes back to what I said earlier, where when a system takes ownership and breaks down some silos, they can get some very good wins. And some of these clients save 20 million or more dollars uh, by doing this. And so if listeners would like to go see other case studies or read about our partners, et cetera, they can go to our web website at hwlworks.com to read some of those case studies. Uh, Trevor, very much appreciate whenever guests come on the podcast and get into the, the specifics for us. I think it's really useful for folks to hear. I uh, want to close out here by just making room for any final thoughts you want to share with listeners, anything you want to reemphasize, anything we didn't get to today in our allotted time that you want to make sure folks hear. No, I think that the thing that I want to leave the listeners with is that, you know, you hear a lot of bad you know news out there. You hear a lot of challenges, but the sky isn't completely falling. You know, there, there's a lot of hope, a lot of excitement, and a lot of reason to be enthusiastic about where we can go in 2024 and beyond. Yes, when we think about supply, some of the legislation, some of the things that are going on at a much higher level that not all of your listeners can impact is going to be outside of their sphere of influence. But focus where you can, focus on what you can control, and go out and create a program that's going to be best for you, not just something that somebody else tells you to do. If you do that, if you break down those silos and focus on that bigger picture approach, I think you're going to come out well ahead. And that's what excites HWL about our future and the future of our partners. Trevor, been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for your time and for the enthusiasm you brought to our conversation today. Much appreciated. Thank you so much, Brian. Appreciate it.
I'd also like to thank HWL for sponsoring this episode. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day.